Let me invite onto the show Professor Deniko Maluleke. He is the Vice Chancellor and Principal at the Tswane University of Technology. Professor Maluleke, good morning to you. Thank you for your time this morning. Good morning, Kathy. What a pleasure to speak to you and to speak to your listeners. Prof, when we look at that resignation of Boris Johnson yesterday, some describe it as the ultimate act of accountability. Does accountability always mean stepping aside, stepping down, especially for public officials? Look, it could be the ultimate act of accountability, but I wouldn't describe Boris as that because you must remember what it took to get Boris to resign. It took several resignations, dozens. You can't even tell the number of people in his party who resigned before he he, he put in his own resignation. So his was a very reluctant and very defiant uh, resignation. Even his speech, he, he admitted to very little that he did wrong. In fact, he admitted to nothing. Mm-hmm. that he did wrong. Uh, he was simply said to lose a good job, uh, to quote to his own will. So while resignations can be the ultimate act of uh, accountability, I don't know that Boris, uh, Boris's uh, um, resignation was that uh, necessarily yesterday. Mm-hmm. I think he was uh, pushed um he did not jump. Is uh, that not part of where the power lies? That despite the fact that he had been, um, you know, so resolute on staying on, even when the resignations were hovering around 30 people who, who, had, who had issued those resignations, that ultimately he did have to leave, whether he wanted to or not. Now, here's how I explain it. And I think I'll come very close to your own position. So there are countries where resignation is a tool of accountability. Mm. And they have that culture where you resign either because you you resign either in dismay or in protest. Uh, And and Britain and a few other countries have that tradition where people resign either in protest or in dismay. We, we don't have that, uh, that culture and that tradition, unfortunately. And, and yes, if you look at the collective culture of usage of resignation in Britain, then you could, you could argue that ultimately all the resignations, if you put them in a bucket, the 30 plus that one of uh, Boris are part of that culture in which if you are uh, disgusted, dismayed, um, or you have you have made a, a, a fool of yourself, or you have betrayed the nation, or you feel betrayed, you, you resign. That is the culture, and and I think it worked in that in that sense. Maybe we can include uh, good old Boris there. Mm. How would you des- describe the culture of accountability in South Africa? <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I I don't, you know, resignations are very scarce uh, in this country. As, I, as you asked me that question, I was trying to, to think and to remember if uh, I can recall a senior resignation um, 
that comes out of that kind of culture. Uh, we, 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 we don't have it. We, we deny and deny and deny. And eventually, sometimes we, we, we get kicked out. I don't want to mention names in, ca- in case I'm, I'm, I'm accused of uh, taking sides in this ongoing permanent factional political situation uh, in our country. But, but you will recall a few names recently of people who have had to leave, but uh, they have not left happily, and the resignations have not been happy either. So I don't think that that's how we deal with it in this country, and I think that we, we still have a lot of room for improvement. When we look at part of what unfolded this week, and, and we reflected on it a short while ago, last night, the, 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 the interaction between the Public Enterprises Minister, Pravin Gordon, and students at Wits University, earlier on this week with the police minister, Begikele, when he was out in Guguletu. What do those interactions tell you about where we are as, as a country? And in fact, I also took it back to the 1st of May when we had the president being heckled and, and booed and having to be whisked out of um, the venue in, in Rustenburg. Yes, uh, that's where we are at, unfortunately. And by the way, the heckling of the president and the prevention of him from speaking at the Kosatu rally rally was not a first. It has happened to the previous president before. He was also prevented from speaking. Um, And we know what has been going on in our parliament with the EFF tactics around the pay back the money campaign, which uh, they have resumed sort of uh, more recently. Uh, So... It seems to me that that's where we are at and that's where we are going back to uh, as a country. There is something positive in in inverted commas about a citizenry that is brave enough to speak to the face of their leaders and say, we don't believe you or you have not fulfilled your promise or we want you to you know, live up to, to the promises that you have made to us. But there is also something very worrisome about a culture in which dialogue is closed down completely so that people are simply shouted down from the podium, prevented from speaking. I don't know that that is necessarily... because. The more problems you have as a country, the more you need to talk, to have dialogues, to listen to one another, to engage, to debate, yes, but not to shut one another down. Professor Malilika, I'm going to ask you to stay on the line because there are one or two other questions I want to put to you after the 9.30 news headlines. Of course, I'm taking your calls 011-714-2006. You can send those WhatsApp voice notes 0614-104-107. What are your reflections about where we are as a country based on these interactions that we have seen um, with the ministers this week? What do you read into it? And do you think that this is actually what um, we should anticipate and expect going forward? 
those are just some of, of, of the issues that I would want you to respond to. It's 9.30 and Musa is standing by with your headlines. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We're still in conversation with Professor Denigo Maluleke. He's the Vice Chancellor and Principal of the Twane University of Technology for our thinking point this morning. In a moment, I'll be taking your calls. I see lots of your WhatsApp voice notes and messages already coming through today. Professor Maluleke, you know, you, you talk about the need for dialogue, given especially where we are as a country. Um, when we look back uh, again at the, these two incidents of this week, for the people who, so, so whether it was the activists in Guguletu or the students at WITS last night, they were speaking what they believed to be their truth and wanting some level of accountability. When I look at the minister's response in that statement that his department has issued and also listen to what Begikele has had to say in the aftermath of that event, it seems very much to me that they felt this was a personal attack, that it wasn't a critique on their work as as, as ministers or the, the inefficiencies that may be coming through in their various departments, but that these individuals were, 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 were basically wanting to attack them as, as people. Yeah, it's a pity, Katie, that they feel like that. And uh, perhaps to a very small extent, they may be justified to feel like that because um, ministers are human beings and uh, they've got personal feelings. Uh, but I, 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 would have, I would have advised ministers to discount uh, personal sentiments about this, even if people come to them, you know, with those. But stay focused on the job that they have to do and keep speaking to the issues that relate to the, their jobs and respond to the questions. Uh, that, 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 that speak to that. And, and I think uh, if, if, they, if they were to do that, um, they would probably also disarm anyone who, you know, at, attacks them ad hominem, as it were. Uh, but I, I, I think there, is, there, is, there are cases to answer for uh, around the issues uh, of, of uh, the ministry's concern. And I, I would have said, let's just stick to those and let's talk uh, to those issues. Is this a, a sign of things to come, you think? I think, you know, we, we as a country are at a precarious point. What happens to us and our load shedding problem becomes very important because uh, load shedding, for example, is going to raise uh, all manner of problems and raise emotions in the, in the, in the process. Because the, the cost of load shedding is incalculable. I mean, I hear people giving us numbers of how much it is. You can't calculate because you can't take in everything that happens because of load shedding. And so because of these huge problems that we have as a country, we will have to work together to resolve them. Otherwise, it is possible that we will start to talk emotionally across one another and perhaps the culture of shutting people down may, may, may grow. Others fear that you may have uh, permanent instability and insurrection 
and so on and so forth, given the prices that are going up and everything. So I think this is the time for us to sharpen our dialogue tools, not to blunt them. Of course, one one of the other difficulties, if we're looking at a solution-centered approach, is that when there are these disruptions, I mean, one of the things that the Minister Gordon was speaking about last night was um, these forces that he, he says are operating to try and destabilize the state and that uh, these forces want to create room for a state capture 2.0. And in the same breath, then linking what he sees uh, happening in government uh, to to even the students that were raising um, the, 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 the issues and concerns with him and saying, well, they're part of those that are destabilizing. And, and, and my concern here is really about how much then of what people, ordinary people have to say will then be dismissed under this guise of their forces that want to destabilize us. And we see the ANC doing, uh, in some instances, what it does so best, which is, uh, you know, really rally around its, you know, its leaders and almost close rank uh, in the midst of these frustrations. You, you see, Katie, that's why I say we have to keep our eyes on the ball. We have to stay focused as a country. What are the big problems that we must solve? We know them. And we have to then look for solutions to those problems and not keep instantly interrupting ourselves and misleading ourselves by talking about uh, forces or conspiracies, uh, whether those exist or not. If we were to focus on the problems that need to be solved and solve them, we would be able to deal, in my view, with any of those uh, forces. I've read an article that suggests that uh, another insurrection similar to July um, last year is possible. I, I have no reason to discount that. But what I do know for sure is that unless we can address load shedding and do so immediately, unless we can do something about the economic runaway prices of fuel and other things, then we will certainly have problems. We don't need any conspiracy uh, for, for us to have problems as long as we don't solve the big ones. Professor Diniko Malileke, let me thank you so much for your time on the thinking point today.